If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookie writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about a specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Rinku Dutt to the podcast today. Rinku is co-founder of Rastawala, a street food business and pop-up restaurant that she created in 2014 with her dad Ron and husband Neelan to bring the food of Bengal to markets, festivals and supper clubs. She's also the author of a new book, Kolkata, Recipes from the Heart of Bengal, which was published last month and where we were lucky enough to be able to feature in Olive magazine. Welcome, Rinku, and congratulations on your book. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Janine, for having me. Um, Could we start by talking a little bit about your journey in food and how you came to create Rastawala? Absolutely. So um, food for us has been an integral part um, since my childhood, actually. So we're actually a, we're the third generation in, in London. So my parents came um, and before that, obviously, it was like my grand aunties and stuff like that. So um, food has always been a form of a connection for us um, and our parents in terms of socializing, in terms of the community. So We've been brought up with it. Um, and so that that's more like the social aspect. And then um, obviously we grew up and had our education, went into banking. And I did that for a good 10 years. Um, and then after that, I decided to take a year's um, sabbatical mm-hmm. and then move to Kolkata and like kind of work with one of my friends who's a fashion designer there. Um, and so I did that. And when I moved, I mean, while we were young, we used to go to Kolkata often. We have family and friends there and everything as well. But it was a very different side of Kolkata that we saw. Um, very sheltered and we'd go see our family and have have great holidays as well. Yeah. Um, but it was only when I moved out to Kolkata, I, I realized how amazing the actual city it was and how much it had to offer. Um the, the nightlife, the food scene, everything, the, the, everything I, I realized that it was just amazing. And it was then that I started falling in love um, with the city even more. Yeah. 
And um, the one year then turned into three years in, in the fashion industry. And like, you know, I looked after the business with my, uh, with my friend who was a fashion designer. Um, and when I came back to the UK in 2012, it was, um, we, I didn't fancy going back to the corporate life again mm. at that point. And um, I was living in Canterbury. And so my husband and my dad were like, okay, you know what, let's do something which we really love, which which has been so um, important. And so we started doing farmer's markets. Like once a month, we did a farmer's market offering um, Kolkata street food. And yeah, that's where it started. Oh. And it was just once a month and... It, like you know, it just organically grew. We d- we did that once a month, and then um, pe- people were like, you know what, this is great. Let let's do some festivals, and and we started doing that. And then in Canterbury, we did the festivals, and then we started doing a few supper clubs. And when we moved to London, um, that's where we started getting a little bit more regular interest and stuff. And then like kind of the pop ups and um, our little units started about and I took it a little bit more. Like, I mean, it was always it started off as like a hobby and yeah. something that we did because we loved doing it. Um, and then when I moved to London, we we're like, right, this is actually now a small business. Let, let's get this going. And it was more regular. And then I had to put a team together. Um, but initially, it was just like my dad used to get the coach down from London to Canterbury um, and then help me on the weekends. My husband used to be like, right, what equipment do we have in the house? What, let, let's put it all together and stuff. And then like, yeah. And yeah. then my well, mum used to make these little coconut balls. And she'd be like, you I know see what? I had everyone involved try, in yeah, the end. Yeah, try and sell these, try and sell these. So like, it was all a very much a family um, thing put together. And yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. So Because I think you said in the book, your your granddad had one of the most famous restaurants in Kolkata. Absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's strange how history repeats itself because... Um, during our upbringing it wasn't like I, I don't know if it's but you don't take that much interest no. in like say your grandparents and things like that I mean obviously you go and see them and you have that relationship with them but it's only when I um, started Rastawala I started digging deeper and my dad has always been a very strong cook in our family um, and even part of Rastawala as well and it was only when I started like asking more questions he was like look this is where the family history is um they my grandfather opened this restaurant and it was um it was called the central hotel back yeah. then and then that used to be for the British um like kind of the British uh, soldiers and okay. stuff like that and then it turned into um amber so it all happened and then my dad moved to the UK in the 70s, 1970s. So he left his whole family and like kind of the whole of that history, he left within a couple of days. Um, And then he came to the UK to set up his life and that had nothing to do with food as well. So it was one of those ones where we didn't talk about it much and through our upbringing, it it wasn't something that we spoke about. Um, And it was just like as Rastawala came back and the history and like kind of for me, just being a bit more intrigued um, I love it. It's kind of it was in your blood all along, it and your dad, yeah, it and, must have been. And, it just, and now you're you're doing it as a as a career. It's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, so today we're going to learn all about the food and cooking of Kolkata. Um, it's the capital of West Bengal, and you said Bengalis are huge foodies, and oh Kolkata itself is is a home for food lovers. Tell us a bit about the scene, and you know what 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 it's like out there. 
So just, I mean, the way I describe it is that we'll sit down, you'll have breakfast. Yeah. And so while you're eating breakfast, you're actually talking about what's going to be happening and cooking <laughs> for lunch. And then when you're sitting down for lunch, it's like, right, so you know what? You know the fresh fish that we caught yeah. in the market? We're going to cook that for dinner today. Yeah. What preparation? So food is a point of conversation. Yeah. And it's something that brings everyone together. Um, and in terms of the food scene in Kolkata, what I say, I mean, obviously the population is massive. Yeah. But there's food of different types to cater for everyone. So you have the street, small street shacks, um, and then you can get like the most delicious but most simple meals, like say mm. a rice and a curry. And that can be anything between, I don't know, 30, 35 rupees, which is what, 40 pence or something equivalent. And that feeds like your, obviously like people that are slightly um, I mean, in terms of the range of food, yeah. and then you've obviously got available. The yeah. Exactly. And then you've got the very high-end restaurants and the high-end dishes and stuff as well Fantastic. available. So it's it's food is everywhere. Yeah. And, and there's like, and the beauty of it is that you've got the street food people. So you've got street food vendors that are at the end of each corner of every street. Um, and people are just going up and they, it's, it's a way of life. Yeah. Food is a way of life yeah. in India. Let's talk so. a little bit about the street food scene, because obviously you... Um, your your business was based around um, Bengal street food. Um, yes. What sort of things would you would you buy from from the street food vendors there? So the street food scene in Kolkata is massive. Um, you have you've got street food vendors which are mobile street food vendors that stand at the end of each corner, and then you've got um, little carts and you've got little like shacks and everything as well. And um, the beauty of it is that it's influences from all like of different parts around West Bengal. Okay. So you've got the momos, which are special, like which are Nepalese, yeah. Nepalese dumplings. Yeah. Um, but then they're so big in Kolkata. Then you've got the um, like the tandoor, the kebabs. Um, you've got different sorts of chats as well, which are like sweet, sour, tangy. And you've mm. got different variations of that. Um, noodles. So the Indo-Chinese cuisine as well in India, whether it be street food, whether it actually be restaurants as well. The Ch there's a very strong Chinese community wow. in Kolkata. Um, so the influence of street food is is from def like kind of many different parts yeah. of the neighboring um, neighboring regions and, and stuff. It, and street food is like I know it's it, it's slightly different here, isn't it? We we've got street food that tends to be like in little hubs that people go out and eat at night or grab, and it, it's become a lot more popular. But there, it sounds like all the way through the day you could just be snacking from the stalls and yes, and everyone does it <laughs> everyone does it so in the morning you could actually like and I've done this before when I've done little video yeah. blogs as well in the morning you wake up um, and then you have like a little juice counter yeah. so there's people that are making fresh juices while people are running around the park yeah. to do their daily exercise and then once you've done the healthy side then you move to say a place called Maharaja um, which is basically a, uh, a little it's like a little shop which is open in the front mm. and then you've got a corner that's making tea yeah. and then the way they're pouring the tea is like a sight to see they've got like a massive frying uh, like a karai which has got hot hot oil in it and they're frying puris mm. and you've got like a potato curry yeah. and then within seconds you say that oh 
like, hi, can I just have this? And then within seconds, you've got like a leaf banana plate leaf bowl and you've got a couple of puris and you've got the potato curry there and people are indulging in that. Yeah. Then you move on, say, like you have lunch and then you've got the rolls, something that we specialize in, yeah. the kati rolls. So that like a parata with a, with an egg cooked on it and then you have your tandoori, like chicken in it, a little bit of salads and then that's a snack to yeah. keep you going. You've got noodles. Um there's a place called Decker's Lane in Kolkata as well, and that's known for the office goers. Um, and you can have good, cheap food there. And you mm. literally, you just need to go there and just see the scene of like kind of this one road, one path with like little seats on each side of the of the road. Yeah. Um, and people are just sitting there eating, all the office people sitting in their suits and like shirts and trousers, just having all this street food and then literally just popping down the plates. It's it's literally a sight to see. It's amazing. God, I love so the sound of it's, that. It's all within the, like it's part of a daily life. And yeah. yeah, like you're saying as well, it's available throughout the day. Yeah. And then in the... Uh, mid-afternoon so their dinner isn't eaten until quite late right so, so you want to keep have ab- something to keep you absolutely going absolutely like a tummy filler so then you have like the pani puri which is like the the semolina puffs and stuff um semolina little puffs that you put like spiced potato and tamarind water pushka pushka yeah because yeah. you said in the book that you used to have competitions <laughs> didn't you to see how many you could yeah. eat so people will be like you know and yeah. um You'd be like, you know what, let's let's go, let's go and have some puchika today and stuff. And so then people will go and then you'll stand around the corner and people will be like, and and it's magical how the vendor, yeah. he has got, he will have people around his little yeah. mobile plates and they've got their own thing. And he's literally just popping, pouring and just placing onto each person's bowl. And he's got a mental count of exactly how much each of the people are eating. It's not like, okay, let me serve you. You'd like four. Okay, let me, now I finished with you. Let's move to you. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's such constant. a treat to watch <laughs> and he'd be like right you've had 10 yeah. you've had 20 and then like, and it's just like one of those quick transactions move yeah. on next and it's, it's amazing to see it and for people that don't know because pushkas are quite I mean I've I've had them they're incredible aren't they it's like a it's like a little really light crisp semolina it, it's a bowl isn't it but it's edible Absolutely. and then you fill it with um a bit of did you say a bit of liquid as well like, like tamarind yeah it? so it's a semolina puff yeah. and then you create a hole in it yeah. so it puffs up you fry it right, and it puffs yeah. up and then you create a hole in the middle of it and um, you filled it with you fill it with some spiced potatoes yeah. and then you have like a tamarind water yeah which is like sweet sour tangy nice. um and then like the magic of it is that you fill it with the uh, with the water and you pop the whole thing whole into thing, your mouth yeah. <laughs> um, and just like what, how we say just watch the explosion of yeah. flavors it's amazing so, <laughs> so it's a fun street yeah, food as I well. love that like, I it love it great. Yeah. Um, another thing that um, Kolkata is famous for is fish because it is actually on the Bay of Bengal isn't Absolutely. it so um, tell us a bit about some of the fish things that you cook and eat so in uh, Kolkata fish it, you in the mornings yeah. so you have the veg markets and you have the fish, fish markets the wet like wet fish market absolutely yeah, yeah. and that is beautiful like I mean you see each fisher or like fisherman or fish seller sitting there like haggling and like kind of trying to sell their fish and like you've got from the smallest um, like small pub the fishes yeah. to like you know the really big um, we call it rui match or katra okay. match as well which is like a white fleshed uh, fish um and yeah, it's just it. I would say fish is one of those ones which is it's a dish which is cooked pretty much every day in most oh, really? households. So, so that's have, the most common. 
thing to yeah, serve. Absolutely, yep. like a rui march or um, rui rui fish is there. So it's a white fleshy fish. Okay. Um, and it's quite like it's affordable. Um, and then you can make loads of different dishes with it as well. So you'd have that. That is one of the fishes that most households would have. Yeah. yeah. And you said that every part of the fish is used in yes. Bengali cooking. Yes, I love that kind of no waste. Yeah, ethos. exactly. It's like the sustainability thing. So um, yeah, like the fish head. There's so many dishes that you can have. We make a lentil dal with fish head oh, in there okay. as well. Or yeah. you can have something. Um, we call it a murikonto as well, which is with rice and it's like a dry dry fry but mm. you you cook the fish is fully cooked and then um you put it within like rice and stuff so that's another delicacy as well yeah. um and then you've got obviously the the rest of the fish is cooked in curries or you have um fish fry so there's so many different dishes there's so, ways to do so it I know that no waste is important to you. You talked about your your grandmother embracing winter veg like potatoes, but using like you know using it in lots of different ways. Tell Absolutely. us a bit about that. So I mean, potatoes are staple. So yeah. most um, most vegetable dishes will have the potato um, in it. And then what we used to do as well, the potato skin itself, um, you peel it. Obviously, you wash it and then dry it, and then you just dry, like dry fry it, and you have that mm. as like a like with the rice, you'd have that as a little bit of a starter oh, like, type thing. Yeah. So in in Bengali cooking and the something I explained in the book like in the western cuisine how you'd have when you have a meal you have one sitting yeah so you sit down and you'd have I don't know if it's like your pie and your veg and potatoes and stuff would be yeah. all on one plat, plate but with Bengali cooking it doesn't work like that what you do is you sit down and you'd have a rice you'd have dal and a veg and maybe a fish dish mm. and then you'd have a chutney which is like a sweet thing at the end so when you sit down for a meal you'd have a little bit of rice and you have like a dal and then a veg and that you'd, you'd finish your or you'd have that first yeah. and then you would take another you take a serving of the fish afterwards okay. so it's an, a certain order that you eat your meal in um and yeah so th that that's the nice thing about it you have like so you would say the potato skins you'd have uh, like dried potato skin you'd have that would say uh, like your rice and a dal and then the potato skin and then you'd have like the vegetables and then mm. next bit you'd have like a fish or the meat curry and stuff as well so it works in that order and I think you said in the book it can go on for quite a long time absolutely <laughs> that's it isn't it it's just yeah. it can go on because you have and people can quite get quite offended like say if you sit on the table and you'll be like right let me just serve everyone and if you like I know my parents get like yeah they get quite angry as during during like say dinner parties and stuff. They, they, we were very much trained that when when you lay out the dinner table, it has to be the rice, and then you have to have the certain order in which the meal is going to be served yeah. in. And even when you're serving it, it has to be in that order. You don't put rice and fish, or you don't put rice and meat. You have to put the right. You work in that systematic yeah. order. Does, so, is that to do with digestion as well and how you eat? I believe things? in. And also the layer of flavors, because oh, of when course, you have, yeah. like, say the meat is a slightly stronger flavor yeah. and then the fish, it depends on how it's cooked, but you'd work your way through, uh, again, it's the digestion and to 
begin with, so, uh, like traditionally, you'd have like a shark, which is like a uh, like a leaves, or you'd oh, have okay. a bitter, yeah. and that would be your appetizer, a palate oh, wow. cleanser, and, and it also opens up your um, taste buds, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. and then you'd move on slowly to yeah. the dishes with stronger flavors. Yeah. And then you finish off with a sweet dish. We've always, all of us have a sweet tooth, <laughs> especially me. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about sweets because you mentioned in the book Mishti or, or sweets mm. um, are, are really popular, that Bengalis have an incredible sweet tooth. Bengali sweet culture yeah. is one where, um, again, there's sweet shops in pretty much every single, like kind of, every single lane yeah. that you have. And a tradition is that you, you you go and you buy a box of mishti um, if you're going to visit someone. Yeah. You, like over here, you take a box of chocolates yeah. or something like that. So like kind of the mishti is like that. And then at the end of every meal, you have something like something sweet just to finish off. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, it's milk-based because I guess milk is one of those um, like ingredients, commodities, yeah. which was quite, is quite readily found. And yeah. you can do so much with it. Yeah. And like by um, condensing it, you just get such a beautiful taste. And um, the mishtis as well, it's like an artistic flair as well. You have certain um, shon dishes and certain things that are like mishtis which are made and then you have certain prints put on them and it becomes like oh, a little okay, bit of a... Yeah. Um, Showing your artistic side off as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really good. And you said that when people, you know, go and visit someone, they'll be mm. offered mishti with water yes. before tea. And that's kind yes. of like a way of welcoming people Absolutely. into the house as well. And like I said to you, you know, as when we were young, we used to come to go to Kolkata every yeah. year. So it was one of those traditions where we had to visit a certain number of people, like relatives and stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why about like household yeah. number four? You're like, I can't eat any more sweets. And everyone's like, no, you have to have some mishti. You have to have some water and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's one of those ones that you greet. You go to someone's house and you'll give yeah. them a box of sweets. And even when someone comes and sits down, you will like kind of expectedly have like yeah. a plate of mishti and um, tea and water and stuff like that. And if so, someone comes for a meal, is it uh, is it sort of... You, it, would it be quite a generous? I mean, is it is it the intention to feed them as much as possible? <laughs> that's what I think that's a leading know? question. I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> Absolutely, I get, I get the sense that Bengalis are feeders. That's all. I just oh want to get. Oh my goodness! And it's one where they will actually watch you like a hawk. Oh, really? So they'll watch you. They'll be like, okay, and then the minute you finish, they'll be like, some more, yeah. some more. And I know, like, you know, that's the way we like you know, we've grown up. Is like, come on, let's take some more. And if you're not taking, it's like, why is it not good? It's like, oh, no, no, I'm full. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't want any more. So you get filled to the brim. So. Yeah, so you have to kind of starve yourself in preparation. <laughs> absolutely. I love absolutely. That. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, and it, it, it's a lovely thing, is you, you were talking about um, when you write in the book and when you cooked with your, your family, um, nothing's ever written down. And there's a word which is, is it andad? Andaj. Andaj, which yes. is measure of the eye. The estimate, yes, yeah. the measure of the eye, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so nothing's written down, but, and yet, you know, your grandmother, your your granddad, your dad can make the same thing over and over again and it'll be perfect because they know exactly what they're doing. So how did you approach writing the book and doing the recipes and creating stuff where you have to have measurements for people? So this was a massive challenge. Yeah. So, um, I mean... There was lots of arguments. There was lots of... Because the thing is, I mean, a lot of the recipes which I've got in the book are recipes which I've had growing up. Yeah. So I wanted to recreate that. They're dishes that I make now. So certain ones I've, I have I know um, how to make. And then I obviously did the measurements and stuff like that. And there'd be other times where I'd be like, 
I don't know, mum, I'm, I'm making this potato curry. Can you help me? Like, I'm going to make the aludom. Can you tell me, like, you know, the rest of this is over the phone? She's like, yeah, yeah, rinku. It's really easy. It's like, okay, so come on, let's start. I've got the pen and paper ready. Okay, so you take the potatoes and you put the tomato and then you put a little bit of turmeric. And we're like, no, but mum, I want to know from the beginning. She goes, yeah, I'm telling you from the beginning. You take the potatoes. I was like, okay, but in the frying pan, do you have to put a little bit of oil? Rinku, of course you need to put oil. How is it going to happen otherwise? <laughs> so that's what I mean, mum. Yeah. Let's talk from the beginning. So, okay, so you put the oil in and then you put the potatoes in. And I was like, okay, but do you have to put some spices in? Of course, there's spices in the potatoes. So it was one of those ones oh where God. it was just, oh my goodness, it's not going to happen. So then there'd be times where I have to ask them to come over or I would go over and I'd have to watch like a whole. I was going to say, you just literally watch and watch. make notes. Yeah, make notes. And then even that, it's like, okay, you know what? It's a pinch of cumin. Mm. What does a pinch mean? A pinch to you and a pinch to me is different. different so yeah. how do we do it? And then having the weighing scale I could just see for both my mum and my dad like their blood used to boil every yeah. time I'd be like right mum can I just quickly put this in just like it's just one of those ones just infuriating them yeah. but I mean it had to be done and I yeah. think after a certain number of times they were like okay we've got used to it and then even I mean for me it's easier because even though at home I don't cook with like certain um, measurements and stuff. I'm yeah. very much more of a free cooker. But when it comes to like writing recipes down, it's something that is integral, yeah. isn't it? So you have to do it. So um, yeah, it, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. And how did you choose the recipes? Because they're ordered in different, you've got like lunch, dinner, street snacks, haven't you? How did you, how did you decide which ones were going in? I mean, a lot of them were were my favourites, ones that I thought right. I could. I mean, for me, writing this book, Golkate, it was um, it was trying to bring out the cuisine because it's it's an understated cuisine. Yeah. It's one that people don't know about. So it's one that I wanted to be able to offer out to everyone that that I know that if someone cooked in their household, it'd be something which they could access and yeah. be accessible. Um, and there's dishes in there as well, like there's salmon fish bake, yeah. which traditionally in, in, in Bengali and Kolkata, you fry the fish with turmeric and salt. But I know that like what I've done and how I do it at home, we've baked it in the book and I've baked it as as part of the recipe because although it has all the same ingredients and all the flavors yeah I've just tweaked it so it makes it a little bit more healthy and a little bit easier it's to easier, make it's easier isn't it because when you're flipping yes. a fish around in a pan you've got to be a little bit expert otherwise it can fall apart can, you know I can see exactly. people panicking about it exactly so. and then you have to take it off and you have to make the gravy whereas this way you just yeah like you just um make the make the marinade you put it onto the fish and you pop it into the oven yeah. so it's just a lot easier to the stages so that was one of the things that the dishes chosen over here was ones that I felt were accessible like I could yeah. make accessible to people in their kitchen as well I love that so. and the book itself is lovely because you've got the intro I, I read it again this morning and and you just evoke so much like you know you talk about sitting in the middle of the monsoon you know drinking chai and watching yeah. people trying to sort of cycle down <laughs> And then one you know, yeah, um, and and then you talk about all of the you know Deco Street that you talked about, and um, it's just it just evokes so much about the oh. city. So I'm hoping people are going to you know read it, cook from it, and and you know get a little sense of Kolkata. But it, it's an absolutely beautiful book. What have Thank you got? You. What have you got coming up? I mean, obviously the book's just been published, so you're absolutely. concentrating on that. What's happening with uh, Rastawala? So up? Rastawala at the moment, we're um, we've we've got uh, the we've got a unit which is. Um, am I yeah. allowed? To? Yeah. Okay. So we've got a unit. Pick yourself up. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a unit in North Greenwich, yeah. um, part of the design district. So we've got a unit there and that's that that's still running. That's mm. it's closed for the next couple of weeks, but it will be open again mid-November. Um and we're gonna be continuously serving out our street food there. Right. Um I'm doing a lot more I'm gonna start up doing a lot more supper clubs now yeah. as well because the interest for that and that's how yeah. we, we started up. Um and we I've hosted a couple of supper clubs since the launch of the book and people are like, you know what, let's let's do this. Yeah, we yeah. we want to do this. So I'm gonna start doing a few more supper clubs as well and cook from the book as well. Like Great. cook the dishes from the book. Great. And that's it. And then just see, yeah. just see how things go and just enjoy. And where can people keep in touch with what you're doing? And if you're launching the supper clubs, where can they find out about it? So you can go onto my Instagram page, um, which is rinku dot dot one on the Instagram page, or Rastawala one as well, yeah. which is R double A S T A W A L A, um, and then we've got our website as well, which is rest, uh, www.rastawala.com. Yeah, and you can keep up to date with all my things there. And yeah, I hope to see some of you at my supper club yeah, soon. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rinku. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more recipes and inspiration, head to olivemagazine.com. And as Christmas approaches, do check out our new online olive shop, where we have thousands of gourmet ingredients, drinks and gifts from some of the UK's finest small businesses, as well as a new range of beautiful curated hampers. You can buy as many products as you like in one easy and secure checkout experience. We'll let the merchants know where to send their products and you'll receive the order directly from there. Just visit shop.olivemagazine.com and if you spend a minimum of £25 and enter the code OLIVEHAMPERS at checkout, we'll give you an extra 10% off.